0: This is the basement girls, B-B-B-B-Basement. <laughs> and I am Bianca. Oh, okay. no.
1: <laughs> that was really good. Uh, I'm Sissa. No, no, it doesn't, a- doesn't a- work. Uh, I'm Steph Grossman. <laughs> um,
0: yes, and uh, today's episode will be on the film A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, mm-hmm. foreign film, foreign film, yes, and uh. Out of the episodes that we have so far, this is our first foreign film. Um, granted, the director um, is not necessarily a foreign director. Um, she was mm-hmm. raised in, or she was born in Europe and then raised in the, in the United States. So.
1: Probably New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I just feel like everyone. <laughs> I, I I just feel like everyone's like they moved here to New Jersey and <laughs> I know, right?
0: Imagine that's that was my story after all and I wasn't yeah. born in South Texas. Yeah. Who would I be if I was born in Jersey?
1: I think you'd be the same, honestly. Because <laughs> I feel like it's very similar similar uh cultures <laughs> in a way. True. In a way. So um yeah, but it's uh I, I mean I actually grew up like right near North Jersey too, so that's Yeah. It's a whole other thing. Um but yeah, so I was excited to watch this movie. Um but yeah, we do have some like uh some business news, to talk about updates. news and stuff uh before this, uh that all relates to horror and um and our podcast, so it's not un it's not irrelevant. Like the New Jersey <laughs> comment was totally irrelevant. These things are not <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, so. Um yeah, I guess the first thing that we want to let our listeners know is that today um I just started I was kind of inspired by the soundtrack from A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. And so I decided that Basement Girls should have a Spotify playlist kind of curated from um the movies that we watch on this. Uh, podcast so so far um, you know I have I have a good amount of songs on there but it, you know of course I'll add to it every now and then um, but you can find the playlist I titled it basement girls soundtrack I think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah we have a lot of like right now it's mostly songs from um, a girl walks home alone at night but then I also added some Phoebe Bridgers up in that bitch yeah Um,
1: Phoebe fucking Bridgers. (laughs) Phoebe fucking Bridgers. Do you want to talk a little bit about
0: her real quick and what we plan on doing? Yeah, about
1: the Phoebs. Yeah, so, uh, (laughs) it's funny because there's a student named Phoebe in my, in one of my classes now, and I, like, keep thinking Phoebe Bridgers every time I say her (laughs) name, uh, and she probably has no idea what I'm thinking when I'm saying that, but, um. Yeah, so we decided that, you know, since we are a podcast called, you know, uh, well, we're The Basement Girls and then our subtitle is a Horror and Whatnot Podcast. um, We thought that we could play into our whatnot a little bit more and have little whatnot mini-sodes where we talk about stuff that's not necessarily a film um, or a book or, you know, a bigger piece of horror media, but something smaller, like such as, Phoebe Bridgers, uh, you know, we would have an episode about her and how she's, like, really into Halloween and she has her skeleton yeah. costume she always wears in her performances. And, um, you know, so things like that. We're still figuring out uh, what our other minisodes will be, but they'll always often be horror or something like that related. related. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, but they're just not going to be, like, big features, like, when we go in depth on a movie or something. So, uh, so Phoebe is, I think, going to be our first one. And yes. uh we're really can't excited wait. about that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And it, and it may end up like we were saying it may end up being just as long as our normal episodes, but we're going to try to make them sure Yeah, with
0: the amount of talking that Steph and i do. That we do. Um but I, you know, I promise that we'll try um mm-hmm. emphasis on the try um to make it less than an hour cuz they are mm-hmm. supposed to be mini after all, but <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Yeah. And then just the second um, kind of business, I guess, um, so official, that we (laughs) wanted Business. -business, Basement Girls (laughs) business um, is our recent feature with uh, Gore Gore Girls um, on Instagram. Um, Shout out to Chloe, who runs that Instagram account. So you can find her um, at Gore Gore Girls... And that is a Z at the end, because she cool like that or whatever. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, she graciously kind of, we were talking, I think she, you know, I think she messaged us on Instagram at one point Mm -hmm. and um, started just talking about horror and all that good stuff. And um, she was like, hey, like, do you want uh, a feature? Like, she features a podcast or, yeah, I think she features podcasts every week. Um, and she asked us a couple questions relating to horror. And um, so right now our feature is up on her Instagram. But, um, Steph, do you want to talk a little bit about what her uh, Instagram kind of consists of?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, again, this is somebody who just completely randomly reached out to us. So Love that I for like us. We're starting to feel – yeah, we're <laughs> starting to gain some traction uh, <laughs> with rando- the randos. Um, and <laughs> – She's not a rando. She's not a rando. <laughs> you're, you're great. You're not a rando, but it is a sign. We appreciate we don't you. We know. yeah, appreciate It is a good thing when people we don't know are talking to us. Uh, and so, yeah. yeah, so her, um, Instagram, yeah, not only features things like podcasts, uh, but also it's really nicely curated. She uses really interesting images from yeah. horror films and does like little, often like book reviews and film reviews as well, like within her, um, Instagram posts. Uh, so check that out for sure. Uh, and Gorgor, Gorgor Girls <laughs> is, I think, so clever instead of Go Go Girls. I know. Um, very clever. So shout out for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so um, yeah, and then you'll be able to see our interview on there, our brief little interview. So maybe more to come with her.
0: <laughs> brief little interview and Steph writes a novel.
1: Oh, God. Yeah. That's <laughs> You can see in the interview that Bianca is very much the poet of the two and I'm the novelist. Of the two. I was
0: like, right, all right, sure let me write paragraphs. lines. And then yeah, she Steph's like, let me write paragraphs.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, were, I spent – and, you know, and then this is why I spent so much time on that. And
0: <laughs> and, and not enough time on lesson planning. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. No,
1: seriously. <laughs> like, not enough time on lesson planning. Um, but then, like, with that, uh, you know, us being writers, we do have some, like, news. And, again, like, uh, we are going to get to talking about A Girl Walks Home Alone at night very soon but um there's little bits of news that are related again to our genres and our interest in horror um so one of the things that happened for me recently is that i you know i had a uh, a short story that uh, a flash fiction piece um that was shortlisted for the master's reviews uh flash fiction contest for 2020 um and it was so it was in the running uh, there were like 2700 submissions and i was one of my story was one of 15 that were chosen to go to make it to the next round yeah yeah like 0.25% chance um but then i didn't end up winning money but it still is good to be shortlisted uh so that short story is an excerpt from my novel actually um and it sort of involves the true crime thing cuz it's an excerpt from the day where one of my main characters uh where it's the day that her daughter goes missing in Terlingua Texas um and so that is that was my flash piece. And uh, and then another story of mine um, called Girl in the Forest of Fear um, has made it to the second round of a, con- a contest um, as well. Uh, so that hasn't been announced yet. Uh, so I won't say which contest, but, um, you know, it, uh, it that means it has a chance of possibly winning as well. So we'll see what happens. And this is the first time I've ever had, yeah, first time I've ever had uh, uh, any traction with contests at all. Um, but Bianca, what do you have any news as well about your writing? So I
0: do. Um, but I'm a big believer in the jinx, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm I'm afraid to to release it out into the universe in you know in fear that I will not get anything from uh, it.
1: <laughs> I should have not said anything about. Mine. <laughs> Actually we just shouldn't tell you guys anything about our <laughs> Actually we needs. should
0: just be silent. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um No, I I think it's really exciting for sure to like always celebrate, you know, when when you do um kind of get traction that you were talking about. Um, mm-hmm. you know, this isn't nec- my news or whatever isn't necessarily traction, but it's mm-hmm. definitely like exposure and um
1: ooh, exposure <laughs> <ooh>. <laughs> exposure Sorry. um
0: but yeah either way you know literally like i don't know i'm i'm such a big thing about the jinxes i don't know mm-hmm. but yes but yes good stuff all happening um mm-hmm. and congrats Steph, on like the amazing things that are
1: happening with your writing
0: you deserve Thank it. You.
1: it took some years uh <laughs> it's gonna take more years but yeah uh Another great thing that just happened is I found out about this website called where's the jump.com which is sorry ridiculous transition there. No that's perfect like,
0: transition. <laughs> if you ask
1: me? Yeah, cuz literally when I was about to watch A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, I I texted Bianca and I was like, "Okay, how many jump scares are in this because <laughs> I was going to be watching it completely by myself at night." Um and then uh i think bianca was busy living her life so she didn't answer me right away and so then i you know obviously and so then i just like googled you know jump scares and then i found this website called where's the jump.com and literally you can put in any horror almost any horror movie unless it's like really really indie they probably don't have it yeah. yeah really obscure um so i put it in and uh there it said zero jump scares for girl walks home alone at night And I was like, oh, okay. And so then I got in bed and I'm like, yeah, like, I'm going to watch this and I don't have to be scared. And yeah, there really weren't any jump scares. So it's (laughs) pretty accurate as well. Yeah. Um, so where's the jump.com if you are like me and need, uh, as much preparation as possible for a, a horror film, um, this sounds so sponsored. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I know it's really not sponsored at all, but it's, it's good because it tells you where the jump scares are, basically. Yeah. Uh, so you know when to when to get it. You know, without spoiling it. I think uh, they exactly. should sponsor us, though.
0: <laughs> Especially because Steph doesn't like jump scares. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially.
1: Especially that. Yeah, and somehow, but also somehow, has a horror podcast. All <laughs> <laughs> right. Doesn't Man. make sense, but um, but yeah, I mean, this movie was great, and Bianca. You were the one that told me about this. Uh, Yeah. I think your brother had mentioned it. So how did you Mm -hmm. come across this movie?
0: Yeah. So um, as you all probably know by now, because you hopefully have um, listened to our episode on Child's Play where my brother Hector comes in um, to talk with us about Child's Play um so my brother obviously is a very big horror fan and just film fan in general and so he we were kind of asking him like hey do you have any recommendations on like more movies we should watch and one of one thing that he did say about this movie is that it's his favorite vampire movie right now um and so i was like okay yes vampire fuck yeah like let's fucking do this shit um And so that's kind of where, you know, it's kind of always been on my radar since my brother has told me about it. He's probably been trying to get me to watch it for like two years now. Um, But not that I didn't want to watch it, but it just, you know, you know, it's like you you just never get to it. There's so many Mm -hmm. things to watch, you know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. But I'm really, really glad that we're doing an episode specifically about it because it's just like such a genre bending film um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that, and also just the aspect of like world building that this film encompasses is just like mm-hmm. incredible and genius and just incredibly unique too. Um, but yeah, so is this the first time that you've heard about this film? Like whenever Hector to- like um, told us about it, or
1: yeah, yeah, I never heard of it. Um, I mean, honestly, like, but the the funny part though is that I often. Like foreign horror films are often like they often tend to be one of my favorite film you know, one of my oh, favorites yeah. usually. Like let the let the right one in, the Swedish mm. uh vampire That's film. That's another good
0: one. one. Yeah. It's so
1: good. And um and so like the moment that uh, you know, that uh, another foreign vampire film was mentioned, and the fact that it's called A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, like, you know, I was just mentioning my story called Girl in the Forest of Fear. Like there's something about like Girl in the girl. title mm-hmm. of things, Gone Girl. Bianca, did you just go, oh, girl, I know. (laughs) I know, like, oh, girl, yeah. (laughs) Um, Or, you know, like, girl on the train or something. So, like, there's something about that. And so I feel like this film, you know, is playing into that, like, or subverting that trope, I think, too. Um, But it's – yeah, so that was it. And then the other weird thing that kept happening is it has really – a really um, distinct movie poster – where like the have you seen that? Yeah. Seen like where it's like a red background and then like sort of a cartoon version of a woman with like a you know, very like in, in a white black face. Yeah, white face and like the black um you were saying Sh- the Shador name of it? Shador. Shador? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a black Shador. Um and so for some reason the the poster even, like when I looked it up the one time, really got in my brain. And then I've since then had like two nightmares. Yes. I wanted to ask you about that. (laughs) because You you haven't told me anything about that. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's the reason. So like, you know, and so I feel like it makes sense to say this before we get into the film, because I didn't know anything about the film beyond the fact that it was just, you know, a vampire film. Um, And yeah, weirdly, like in both of my dreams, it was this dream where that like um, figure with like the black Chador and the white, like female face um was like actually a puppet it like oh, you know like I can up, see like, that and, okay and in my dream it was just this weird puppet that was just like walking around um and it, I, I forget even what happened in the dreams but it was like every time it was around it meant like bad things were gonna happen um and it was uh creepy so uh and then it happened twice and then I was like all right I gotta watch this movie um and then of course turned out to be nothing like what my dream had anything to do you know my dream was not accurate because I'm not cuz you, like you, you hadn't dreams. watched the movie either and i hadn't right? watched the movie yeah so it, so i was just so that but my my brain was coming up with its own shit okay and, you kind of uh, like
0: freaked me out right now i'm just going to turn on another light in my house oh really
1: <laughs> <laughs> did you really get that freaked out that's so funny she was like literally getting up to go turn on a light <laughs> right now oh that's too funny <laughs> oh my god i'm also no. like in the dark i'm in the actually this is like you are completely for to in the dark I'm pro yeah, I don't know why, well, I'll, I'll keep, I'll stay in the dark, it's fine. Um, but yeah, this is a good time for us to record, because then we get that, like, mood setting, like, darkness uh, Yes, for recording, so this is pretty good, actually. Um, but yeah, and so, Bianca, you did some, like, looking into, you know, what the director was trying to do in terms of genre and, like, yeah. mixing genres, so, like, what did you come to find?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, it's kind of, like... You know, if you Google it or you know, IDM or IMDb it, um, you know it'll, the genre will be horror romance or like vampire romance mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, but in interviews with the director Anna Lily Amirpour, um, she very like distinctly is like, oh yeah, this is an Iranian vampire western romance um, with like some hints of noir, <laughs> and so. I'm like, fuck yeah, like sign me up. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. so, you know, and I think, I think a lot of things can be said for, for all of that. You know, like we could talk about this film just being a vampire film. We can talk about it with just being like a Western, um, or a noir or a romance, but I think it's so cool that it's kind of just this like blending of genres. Um, And, like, specifically, you know, when it comes to the origins of where... So, Anna Lily, who is the director, um, she also wrote the screenplay, right? And um, her, like, you know, beginning thoughts of what this movie would kind of encompass all started from, I think, her aunt, um, you know, who lives in, in Iran, brought... Uh, anna lily um a shador right mm. and like she put it on just for a little bit right um but like she kind of talks about how the shador has it's like this certain weight to it right and it's almost this like velvet kind of material and it just like it just catches like the wind differently and stuff um and that she was like wow like I want to wear this and be on a skateboard. <laughs> like that's what that's immediate. And she was like, "I like this is a cape." Like you know, she immediately had that like vision or like image of a vampire. And then she was like, "Oh yeah, oh, weird. for yeah. sure. Like this makes sense." Um, and so it kind of came about from this like skateboard vampire <laughs> like Shador <laughs> image, um, and then it just like came from there and. Um, and, you know, like, at the time, she was working a lot with the 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 actress, right, who plays the girl, um, Sheila Vand. She was working very closely with her in a bunch of, like, shorts um, that, like, Anna Lily directed and wrote and things like that. And she immediately was like, I'm going to... Like, I want you to be the, my vampire. And they well. And like, Anna Lily did a five minute short um, just with this concept that she came up with. And so it was just a five minute, like, you know, this girl wearing the shador picks up a man and kills him. And like, that's the end of, of the short. That's the end of the short film. Five minutes long, right? Um, but at the time, Sheila Vand couldn't be the girl, couldn't be the vampire because she was like on Broadway um at the time. Um but either way, once it turned into this like feature film, um, she got Sheila Van to to be with her, um, mm-hmm. to to work with her. So, you know, although it did originate as like a vampire kind of thought, it's interesting that it kind of like as things were being introduced Um, into Anna Lily's life and like also into the just like in creating this world I think a lot more genres just started like coming in and coming in and coming
1: in Mm -hmm. yeah including the skateboarding which is really interesting because like you know the first thing that I thought especially when it had to do with the, you know I mean this so this movie is in Farsi uh, Mm -hmm. so even though it you were saying like even though it's not you know, a traditionally foreign film in the sense of being filmed, like, by a completely foreign location and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, it is filmed in Farsi, which is not something you commonly see in, obviously, American movies. Um, but the other thing, like, yeah, with the skateboarding thing, um, and I know I'm jumping to that a little bit ahead, but it just, like, it just got me so excited to mention moment you were mentioning that. Because, like, I've come to as- definitely associate women and young girls in the Middle East with skateboarding because of that, doc- there's this documentary called Learning to Skateboard in a War Zone if you're a girl, mm. um, which takes place, I think, in Afghanistan. And it just, it won the best um, documentary for 2020. Um, and so I've been meaning to watch that, but like, you know, this it's another thing where a lot of the um, girls are wearing, you know, uh, similar things to what our vampire is wearing, um, yeah. in, you know, uh, and headscarves as well and things like that. Um, and, but they're on their skateboards, like being really badass. And, uh, so it's just very interesting that that, and I have a fond memory fond memories with skateboarding because growing up my brother and cousin were both like big skaters and I was a poser I wasn't really good at skateboarding but I was wearing the skater shoes and being f- I was friends with all the <laughs> skaters and punks so I have a you really were a big skater like, girl where I was, was a your boy girl. Was, uh, <laughs> so uh, too many skater boys turned oh, out to my. not be not be nice guys guys seriously mm. um I'm just kidding but they <laughs> 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 none of them lasted but <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I did love that Avril Lavigne "Skater Boy" song. Actually, oh, yeah. one of my screen name my screen name at one point was I Heart Skater Boys. Oh my uh, god, <laughs> Skater Boys uh, with a Z at the Z. Boys end. with the Z. Actually, it was B O I. Oh,
0: so it's boys. Boys.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I Heart Skater Boys. I think it was less than three. I or no. Oh, I guess I couldn't have done that. And so, well, yeah, it was I3 <laughs> Skater Boys or something. But, yeah, anyway. Uh, no, yeah. This is I, way better than, mm-hmm. you know, these the, – the, the, like, skateboarding making its um way into, like, you know, like, Middle Eastern culture and things like that I think is so cool and really powerful, especially because it's mostly women who are – the skaters in the culture, you know,
0: yeah, for or at least sure, that are being
1: filmed about it, you know, yeah,
0: and the skateboard. I mean, you know, in the film, it does come out in it, right? And mm-hmm. um, and I think the 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 scene that is very prominent in my mind is like it's very short. It's like probably like five seconds, but it's you know the girl on a skateboard and she has the Shador on, but you you see her from the back. Um, and she's kind of like go, she's like kind of, you know, holding the wall, right? She's like against oh, the yeah. wall and like you only mm-hmm. see her back. And, um, she's kind of like, she moves, like she uses her hands to move, like, um, you know, against the wall, but on the skateboard. And for a second, mm-hmm. you know, because it's black and white, you know, the sh- Shador kind of blended in with the skateboard. And I was like, oh my God, mm-hmm. she's fucking floating. Like it was just such a mm-hmm. like evocative like image. Um and I then I realized I was like, oh no, she's on a skateboard. And I'm like, whoa. Like my mind just did like a, it was just like mind fucked, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, there's something about like that combined also with like the sound of the skateboard. I don't know, there was something about it. And like you were saying, with the wind going through mm-hmm. the the J'adore and the and it is like a vampire cape, like you're saying, which we'll get to yeah. in a little bit, I guess, with the more of the costuming later on, because there is more of that, um, you know, as we go. But, uh, or I don't know, or maybe we could just talk about that now. But <laughs> we have like I a mean, little, you know, thing that we're trying to follow. and we don't So have to that we them. don't
0: talk all the fucking yeah. <laughs> throughout the entire thing. Um, yeah. yeah, we like, let's just go at it, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, because then that could get us into the characters, too. Because, like, the biggest thing about it is that – so we have the main – one of the main characters that it opens with is this guy named um, Arash. Uh Um, And and it's weird because he actually – when you first see him, he kind of looks like he's, like, dressed as, like, someone from Greece almost, like, the 1950s, like, white t-shirt – very, like,
0: rebel without a cause yes. situation. Especially because there's that, like, oil, like, because it's, like, an oil town.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so exactly. Like, so I get
0: mm-hmm. that vibe for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you see, and he has, like, this old-looking car. Yeah, so it's a not Thunderbird? Really sure. Yeah, it's a Thunderbird, yeah, which is, like, big in, like, the 50s yeah. and 60s. Like, that was, like, the car people wanted. Yeah. Exactly.
0: And that's actually the Lily's um, dad's car.
1: Oh, really? hmm They, like,
0: <laughs> included it in there.
1: Oh, that's so funny. My dad's really into muscle cars and stuff, so if I ever make a movie, I should do that. Oh, yeah. For my, dad, <laughs> my dad's car. He has a 70 Chevelle, Ooh. and it's so loud. Actually, it's fucking really loud to the point where I, like, always had to hold my ears even when I was near the car, so maybe that won't go. <laughs> <come, you know? laughs> but, um... But yeah, so like, so, you know, so it opens and he's, you know, he's got like a cigarette, the, you know, looks like, yeah, James Dean, basically. And he steals and, a know, cat, like. Yeah, he steals a cat and yeah, and he, uh, you know, goes home. And, um, so that was like, that stood out where, cause at first I was like, when is this supposed to take place? Is this like the fifties, the sixties? Um, so, you know, there's that costuming aspect, but then sort of slowly as you go, then you see like one of the, like there's this, um, drug dealer, uh, because you go home with, um, with our main character and his father is, you know, shooting heroin, I think, or maybe, um, opium. And I don't know if that's exactly, I'm not a drug person, so <laughs> not, I've never really you know, done drugs, guys, the sorry. The dad <laughs> is a,
0: is very much addicted to a drug, for sure.
1: A drug, yeah, we don't, we're, it's not really clear what it is, um, but, uh, you know, so then his dad is dressed very tattered, um, you know doesn't look like he's from the 50s though um then the drug dealer is like dressed you know like he's kind of from the 80s with like the yeah matching track suit sort of thing and um you know i guess he's a little bit gangster he has like very uh he has like tattoos on his face Including – and also a very prominent tattoo that says sex just, like, on his neck. It's just, like, in handwriting. Sex. <laughs> sex. And, <laughs> and I and – so that was the first thing I just started laughing because that's, like, so funny to me. I don't know. And, um, you know, so there's that. But then there's – and then, of course, there's the um, – the vampire being, you know, really wearing this, um, Jador constantly and wearing this like white, black and white striped t shirt or, or long or quarter sleeve shirt. Um, but then the other side of it that's interesting is that that Jador also looks like we were saying the, like a vampire cape. And at one point, our main character, Arash, dresses as Dracula. Like he goes to a party mm-hmm. and he's dressed as Dracula and then like does ecstasy, I think. And then, leaves and gets lost. And then that's where our vampire finds him is that he's sort of wandering around with his, you know, in his Dracula costume. And, and it looks like it's such a great scene because it looks like it's two vampires meeting each other. Yeah. And we know that, we know that Arash is obviously not a vampire. He's just dressed as one. Um, right. But it was, it was just very powerful in those moments too, because it does become like a love story um on top of everything else. So, for sure. Uh de- so definitely like shout out to those costumes cuz they were very simple but really set I think a mood. For sure, yeah. Um you know, Anna Lily talks a lot
0: about wanting to create these characters in a way that like also molded with like the actual actors themselves. So she actually wrote each character to the actor right so mm-hmm. she had the the actor first or the actress and then you know wrote the character to it so like arash's mm-hmm. real name is arash too you know what i mean and so i think i think it's interesting to also think about how it is you know how how um how interesting it probably is to to write characters that you know come off of the page um and then onto screen but in a way that, like these real people, can can also make them real too, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for sure, I think with with the simple, um, you know, the simplicity of just the town in general, because I know that there's like a lot going on in the town, like mm-hmm. as far as like the 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 action, right? The the life that's happening in there, um, but it's a sleepy ghost town. You know, mm-hmm. um, and it's so simple, right? And then the characters too, like they're very simple, um, and they're almost like caricatures of, of like these, I don't know, like car- they're just caricatures, right? Like if you see, you know, a casting list, like yes, they have names, these characters have names, but, um, a lot of the times, like they're just, you know, they're just like, okay, prostitute or junkie, mm-hmm. pimp, mm-hmm. girl. Like, you know, they're very much just supposed to kind of be, you know, maybe, like, in a way flat, right? But, Mm -hmm. like, it's the people that that are playing these characters that make them a little bit more dynamic. And I think that's, like, so interesting, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, and even as you're saying that, like, watching it, besides Arash, like, I don't even remember – any of the other characters names because I yeah. was just thinking girl vampire yeah like you said junkie prostitute and then there's like the princess is mm-hmm. one of the characters where she's like a very rich girl that Arash uh he works for their their family uh like doing stuff around the house um and then there's like a little boy and you never know his name but it's yeah. just like boy you know and uh and that's actually where the our vampire gets her skateboard from as she steals it from the uh, the boy uh, <laughs> Poor boy which we'll, i guess we'll get to later um, when we're talking about some feminist lens things but like basically yeah like i had no idea that the other that the characters really had names cuz they do blend so like and it wasn't like a bad caricature you know what i mean like but it was just no. like i just was viewing them as archetypes exactly um, i think
0: archetypes and, are, are is a better yeah, word
1: yeah as in or yeah something. but they were like archetypes for these these uh you know types of people you would you might come across in a noir movie or mm-hmm. you know things like that in a horror movie um or even in a romance so you know? Yeah. I think that, that that was done really, really well for sure. And for I, sure. I, you know, even though I didn't know the characters' names, I had no problem whatsoever believing that oh, they yeah. were.
0: Or know? like that, these were real people with like real problems. Like I think mm-hmm. that's, that's one of the things about this film is that, like, yes, it's a very, like, almost like, and we'll get a little bit more into this, um, you know, later, but like it's very much like a comic film, mm-hmm. right?
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: and, But either way, like, again, like, it's so dynamic. Um, I mean, and then also, I wanted to talk a little bit about the cat. (laughs) Because, you know, (laughs) the cat does fall into the casting list. Oh, he is? He's in the cast? Yeah, he's in the cast. (laughs) It's so cute. And I I also want to just, like, point out... um, that this is not the first time that we've talked about an animal in our podcast. Yeah. I think that's so wholesome of us. Um, that's so true. Because in The Wind, <laughs> we talked about um, the goat. Who the was also coat. on the casting list, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the pregnant goat. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so the cat is um, Marushka, I want to say. Um, mm-hmm. Is the name of the cat. And um, let me see if I can... Yeah, I think it was Marushka. And Mm -hmm. um, he is the, you know, the actor that plays um, the junkie, right? Like, um, Arash's father. He Mm -hmm. is his cat. So I thought that was cute. Just bringing in, again, like, bringing in very real, like, from these actors' life. Mm -hmm. um, And bringing it into this, like, non-world. Like, this, like, other world type of thing.
1: Yeah, because it's definitely not, like, a real, like, it's not, it like, it's based in the real world, but it's not, like, a real place that you can see on a map or something. But I agree with the cat where, it, you know, like, it, I found that the amount of space that was given to this cat, like, in the film, you know, real, like, made me realize, like, just how many films don't give space to animals, especially horror films. Yeah. Because the only space that they ever occupy is... Is the space of being killed,
0: like yeah. all
1: the time, every, all the like time. almost every time I'm watching a horror movie, if there's a dog or anything, I know they're gonna die. And so I, the fir- in the this first scene when our main character like steals this cat from someone's backyard and then brings him home, brings the cat home, I'm like, holy shit, like this cat's gonna get killed by, who the knows, vampire anything, or something, but the vampire especially, yeah, yeah. Um, but then you know. Uh, I mean, spoiler, the cat doesn't get killed and actually becomes a plot device, you know, later where, you know, the cat is comes to represent um, the father in a way yeah. Comes to represent the junkie father. And um, I mean, I don't know if we should, I guess we could do spoilers, but I don't yeah. know. Like, I mean, the biggest thing is so, um, again, stop listening if you want to watch this.
0: But remember, listeners, we are a spoiler heavy podcast so
1: spoiler extremely spoiler heavy so you should know already getting into <laughs> this uh, <laughs> but i mean the biggest reason the re- reason the cat becomes a um a plot device is because yeah so arash's junkie father um sort of escalates a lot of arash's problems in his life where you know his father owes a lot of money to that drug dealer with the sex <laughs> <laughs> neck tattoo um and uh you know and haphazardly the vampire the girl is off like she's sort of basically on a killing spree and, and killing the people that she considers bad men in this right. city called bad city which
0: i think is an important thing whenever we talk about the feminist lens but yes yeah.
1: exactly and um and so so she ends up killing this drug dealer um and then you know arash is then able to like get like, he doesn't realize that the guy's dead until he goes to his apartment and he's dead. And so he's able to take the drug dealer's, like, money. He's able to get his car back because he had to give his car up for his dad to pay off his dad's, um, you know, debt uh mm-hmm. for the drugs. And, um, you know, and so then he has this cat at home. And so the dad, you know, at one point, Arash kicks his dad out of the apartment and is basically like, I'm done with you. Leave and then take this cat with you. Right. Um... Later on, he brings the the father brings the cat to his you know his drug de- he had a female drug dealer as well, and so he brings the cat to the female drug dealer's house, and the dad sort of while high, uh, basically is trying to oh you mean the prostitute. Rape- the mm-hmm. prostitute, yeah, It's the prostitute. Well, she was also dealing drugs. I think that was the. She was a prostitute, but oh, because through drugs. the pimp, probably, yeah, yeah, through right. the pimp, yeah. And so they kind of go together sometimes. I think <laughs> maybe <laughs> probably, and um, at least in Bad City, they do. <laughs> and uh and so basically, then this vampire has come to be watching over our girl. Vampire has come to be watching over the prostitute, and so she sees this bad guy come. And like basically try to force the prostitute to have sex when she is not interested that night, um, and stuff like that, and then the vampire comes and kills the father, not knowing that it's Arash's father. Right. Uh, because at this point she and Arash have met each other and have started
0: a romance flirting
1: and possibly having sex. We're not really sure. Uh, it's implied that they're having sex, I think. It's not on the screen though. Um, <laughs> You didn't think they. I didn't think so. I didn't think they were having (laughs) sex, actually. That's interesting. I wonder why I thought that. I mean, I don't know. Maybe just because it's like, it was like a fade to black moment when they're in her room. And so I just assumed. Okay, I can (laughs) see that. I can see that.
0: All right. Sorry,
1: my innocent Um, mind. Yeah, your innocent (laughs) mind. I'm like, no, they're in love. There's no, you know, it's there's no such thing as sex in a loving relationship. (laughs) Why would they have sex? They're in love. (laughs) Those two Uh, don't go together. Yeah, (laughs) jeez. But oh my god, yeah. Whereas, yeah, the father. So she doesn't know that arash's father is this guy. Then so then she kills the father and then takes the cat. And I thought for sure the cat was a goner. Uh, but she actually but no. is very nice to the cat yeah. and has the cat in her apartment. And then Arash comes and he's like, let's get out of here. Let's get out of the city. And then he sees the cat wandering around her apartment. And she he – He, like, puts two and two together. He puts two and two together. And then uh, later on we'll get to the ending. But that's, like, sort of a really – that's, like, probably the climax of the movie where you're just, like, what is going to happen? Yeah, like exactly. what what's going to happen now that he knows that his vampire girlfriend – who he doesn't know is a vampire, has killed his father. Um, And I think also, like,
0: something to note here as well is that whenever the dad is kind of going through withdrawals, I mean, he thinks Mm. that the cat is the dead wife, Arash's mother. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he's like, he, he says at one point, like, look at the eyes, like, look at the cat's eyes, it's your mom. Like, you know, and just like having, I think there's a lot of guilt there, um like unsaid like shame um that mm-hmm. this is now what their life is and mm-hmm. um and perhaps you know the mother would not approve of of the father being this way or the father's life now um you know very dependent on drugs right and so i think that's kind of like a very important piece to this plot is is this guilt and how it's played a huge role in the father and then then and then also just bleeds into arash's life and um and arash is incredibly i think shameful of his dad um mm-hmm. you know it's it's heavy
1: yeah yeah i mean at one point i think his dad even says you'd be better off if i was dead or something you know and then in a way like because you see how much trouble the dad is causing you as at least me as the viewer I was kind of like maybe he's right you know um yeah which is interesting so and then I don't want to feel that way about dad, but I was just about to say
0: yeah yeah exactly
1: (laughs) yeah so I
0: know I'm just like I need to sit with that (laughs) person sorry (laughs) (laughs) Um, because that's I mean you know that's it's Again, like, here we are, you know, we're talking about this one character that we're like, oh yeah, he's an archetype for the, the, a junkie. But yet mm-hmm. there's like still so much more involved with that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that just mm-hmm. goes to show, again, like that, that building of, of a world that Anna Lily has, has done here. Um. Mm-hmm and and i'd kind of like to go into that because i want to hear i mean because i know that you kind of were asking yourself and i i did not even think to even ask myself this is like when exactly is this taking place we know this is the city is called bad city but there's no like like in our outside world like right here like we wouldn't be able to like find it on the map Right. Because mm-hmm. it's not a real place, but it feels mm-hmm. very real. It is real. Right. In the, in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know you like, you know, you went a little bit into like, you know, maybe it's the 50s, maybe it's the 80s, you know, and I think it kind of I maybe that might. You know, lead us into a discussion about maybe it's, like, because, you know, the girl, the vampire is, like, I think she's, like, 187 years old. So maybe, like, time is just, like, not a thing to her anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. You know
0: what I mean? And so in that sense, we're kind of seeing time, like, in her eyes where it's, like, it's just, like, a, a molding, a blending of, of of time. And now it's not necessarily, like, a set time,
1: you know? I didn't even think about it like that that like it could be her perspective that it's just this blending of time where yeah that's I didn't even think of, that's that's actually really Did cool. I do something there like did <laughs> you I just did, did, did something I do for it? me there yeah yeah cuz I <laughs> did I, was I give like, you oh. goosebumps or something <laughs> like yeah cuz well cuz that's such a cool thing cuz like that's so particular to like something only a vampire would really be able to experience where they have this exactly. like, blurring of time periods because they've lived through all of it right exactly um that's so cool i didn't even think about that i mean because the movie itself is filmed very like linearly so that's why um i didn't think of it like that but also since it is a fictional city it can be all those things at it once, can, exactly as well. and i
0: think mm-hmm. too i think also what kind of skews our perception of of time here or at least in my opinion is the fact that it's black and white and primarily mm-hmm. you know movies that are shot in black and white are you know very like um like what's it called like you know like 50s films that are black yeah. and white or 40s um mm-hmm. you know very Silent very films mm-hmm. so like that kind of like blends into into my perception of it It definitely, like, changes it a little bit for me. Um, But, I mean, I don't know. I think it just kind of goes to show kind of how film can be morphed into something else. Because, I mean, we could also talk about how black and white is very dreamlike to me, too. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean?
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, I mean, the other thing that I found interesting too about the world here and like the setting and stuff was yeah everything being in black and white and also like little shots of Mm -hmm. things that are very jarring so like one of the first things you see when the film opens is that there's like this pit of just dead bodies yeah and like no one gives a fuck like no one seems to like be aware of it Mm mm-hmm exactly like that's where the dead bodies go and that's that you know and then so i at the time like wasn't sure like oh is this depicting a real place is this like what it might be like like in certain places in the world or whatever um but obviously then as you start to go more and more into the film you realize that this is this weird like sort of almost abandoned city uh and it's not really you know it's mostly drug dealers mostly junkies and it's also an oil city. So, like, you know, any jobs are usually just people either, you know, who, like, work in the oil fields or who own the oil companies. And that's where, like, the princess daughter yeah. comes in um mm-hmm. and things like that. But uh so, yeah, it's like it's this really weird microcosm, Yeah, I think.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's a microcosm. And mm-hmm. also, like, just thinking about the fact that, you know, this is kind of – right uh, this is about a a vampire so we are Mm -hmm. primarily only seeing the town at night right because like you know she would only be be ever seeing the town at night and so you know she would only be seeing this the pimp and the prostitute and like the junkie and like Mm -hmm. you know at one point we do see like the princess character coming out and like clubbing yeah clubbing but mm-hmm.
1: that's always at night yeah yeah
0: exactly so it's like it's like all this like very like nighttime um like hub is kind of like where this city kind of comes to life a little bit more um mm-hmm. and this is when the vam- like you know our girl like comes out and is able to see this this city and so how how would that even you know how could that that that, that probably changes a person To only experience Mm. life at night whenever, like, quote-unquote, the bad people come out. You know what I mean?
1: That's so true. I didn't even think that her perspective of the world would just be mostly bad people. Because my mom always had this saying for me growing up where she's like, nothing good happens after midnight. Exactly. (laughs) so creepy. But I'm just like, you know, but she was referring to, like, staying out at bars or – parties really late and people get really drunk and then usually fights occur and stuff like that but it is it does go back to this idea that like you know we're scared of the night for a lot of reasons uh most people are especially women are warned don't walk home alone, alone at, night. at night yeah yeah there you go <laughs> i mean, actually like yeah <laughs> yeah i mean when we have our night classes here at texas state like usually I walk to class during the daytime, but then I don't walk after. And so I always make Bianca like drive me <laughs> back or one or two times I made my teacher drive me back. Oh yeah. Else could drive me- Shout out Tom Grimes. <laughs> Shout out to Tom Grimes driving me back <laughs> to my apartment. Um But like, yeah, so it's, uh that's an, in- such an interesting perspective. Like you're really into, uh, like Bianca, that's so cool that you're thinking about it all from the perspective of this vampire that you know and you said is she 187 years old or is she i think
0: i think so i can't remember why i think that <laughs> like but that number <laughs> is very specific in my mind right now yeah. i must have heard it in like an interview or something mm-hmm. um but she is definitely on the older side um for sure and but looks
1: very young but looks vampire yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know being a man
0: you know i wish and yeah. I look like a baby. But anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, you'll have a, a while before you ever start to look not like a baby, <laughs> Bianca. I good. Hope so.
0: And I've been putting on retinal cream. But anyways, <laughs> I digress. Um, but yeah, I think it's, you know, again, like, it is very interesting to just think about how, um, you know, just how using a vampire, especially like a vampire that is a woman – but yet is, like, the most dangerous thing in this city, right? Like, she is the reason why there are dead bodies, right? Yeah. Probably not – the the pimp probably is only, like, um, the reason for maybe one or two bodies in that pit, right? But, like, she is the reason why, you know, there is – there are – there, or there is death, right? And I don't know. Maybe it might be a stretch to be like, Oh yeah, she's the reason why this is bad city. But I don't, I don't, I don't think I, I really, um, agree with that. Um, because, you know, I'd kind of like to get into this idea of like her killing, you know, I mean, I feel like she's only, she only killed men in the time that we, that we've seen her in this film. Um, and then there's that that scene where she goes um, and basically traumatizes this little boy, like he's like eight or nine or something, and he's like, you know, she's asking him, like, "Are you bad?" You know, and she like uses this like crazy voice, um, and she's like, you know, like, "Remember, remember me. Um, like I'll come for you if you're if you're ever bad." You know what I mean? Um, so I think I think that like there's something there, you know,
1: and it makes you wonder to like like maybe if she's this old, like maybe the drug deal- like maybe when the drug dealer was a kid, did she traumatize him and not see that that could lead to him having even more bad behavior later? Um, but yeah, like the fact that, uh, you know, yeah, there's just this one boy walking around at night and that's when she steals a skateboard. <laughs> it's like she like threatens him and then steals a skateboard. Um, <laughs> I know, but like,
0: <laughs> oh my but gosh.
1: It, it's so true. And then, you know, but, but at the same time, you're like rooting for her because you're like, you know, yeah, like, you know, people should, should definitely get it in their heads to not grow up to be bad people and to make good choices and mm-hmm. be moral and ethical. And like, you know, at one point, in cult- many cultures, it was the fear of God being, uh, you yeah. know, invoked for that. Uh, but in this world, it's the fear of this vampire <laughs> being yeah. – inv- or You know, I think she might not e- – he might not have even really known if she was a vampire or not because she doesn't always show her teeth. Um, yeah. But it's just, uh, you know, but this kid, you know, like promising I'll be good, I'll be a good kid, you know, I guess you would think that that would eventually mean he'll be a good man. Um, and and through the vampire, you can sort of see who's good and who's bad because, you know, she starts to, like, fall for, um, for Arash, Mm -hmm. and it's very clear that he's a good guy, you know, overall. Or the prostitute, uh, like,
0: she kind of befriends the prostitute.
1: prostitute. Yeah, Mm mm-hmm, and is, like, watching over the prostitute, and so, um, but then it is, yeah, only men in the city (laughs) that are killed, Mm -hmm. so...
0: (laughs) But I, you know, again, like, I don't know, that just kind of, like, leads me back to that, like, idea of creating this world that, you know, okay, yes, we have a vampire, but it's not a vampire that just kills to kill. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. there is, um, like a method to her killing. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, you know, again, like, I also want to talk about, because <laughs> I fucking, I don't know if this is, like, a studio. It kind of looks like a, like, her place looks like a garage, almost, that she's, like, oh, yeah. turned into this house. Um, but she has, like, posters <laughs> everywhere, like, um, you know, she, she's Records. constantly listening, yeah, to vinyl and, you know, like, movies. And, like, she is, you know, like she consumes (laughs) vampire um she (laughs) consumes media and i mean it just makes sense right because like if you live that long you know like you're gonna you're gonna have to tether yourself to something and why not that tethering be to art or to media Mm -hmm. that will change Mm -hmm. yes with the time but will always be um just something to to consume your mind as well um But just like I guess, real quick, I just want to interject like a little fun fact that I found Uh, while researching um, is that Anna Lily, I guess she attended Comic Con, um, and I I suspect it was like maybe a year before. um, So this because this movie came out in two thousand fourteen, so she went to Comic Con and she met um, Margaret Atwood, which yes, love her, love Margaret, yeah. and I guess you know started talking with her, or whatever. And Margaret, uh, At- Margaret, like I know her personally. <laughs> Margaret Atwood. I wish Margaret Atwood, um, you know, she she asked Margaret, like, hey, um, can I use you as Madonna in my in my world? And so she actually photoshopped a a picture of Margaret Atwood as Madonna and put that as a poster in the girl's room. What? Yeah. So again, That's like, so this, like, world is just like, it's constantly being influenced by our reality. Um, yeah. but it's, it's then changed for this, you know, new world in the mm-hmm. film. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Like, it mixes, like, yeah, like our reality, but it remixes. Our it remixes. Reality. There you go. Remixes reality. That's so funny. My one, like, Margaret Atwood story is that I've never met her, but my, my boyfriend Dave interviewed her for his podcast Geeks Guide to the Galaxy. Yes. Uh and we had a theory that she was flirting with him because she was <gasps> giggling Margaret. like a little schoolgirl at every little joke he made oh and my at one gosh. point she was like I'm going to tweet at you and like <laughs> tweeted at him and that's <laughs> like, <so> hilarious. <laughs> oh my um, gosh. So Margaret You hear no you idea? heard it here
0: first. Margaret Atwood yeah. has a crush on Steph's boyfriend. <laughs>
1: <laughs> David Barr Kirtley, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but no, I wanted to ask you, you know, since step, you know, you're like a fiction writer, and you know, whenever I write my poetry, and whenever I'm in workshop, we like world building is not a word that comes out in our workshop. Like it's just mm-hmm. not necessary. Like you know, I could I could possibly you know sh- make a stretch and be like, oh yeah, I make. You know, I make worlds all the time in my poems. Um, but they are very much a reflection of my own actual world. Whereas in like fiction, I mean it's in the it's in the name, right? Like you're you are mm-hmm. needing to build a world in order for for, you know, your piece to stand, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. can you talk a little bit about like the craft of that?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not an expert by any means because I'm still learning too, but that is very much often a topic that we talk about in fiction workshop or even in, you know, I'm also taking a TV writing class right now. So even in TV writing, you know, we talk about, okay, well, how do we build the world, uh, Mm. for this particular idea? Um, and some of the like methods are on display in this movie, uh, which I mean, luckily film has the, uh, the added, uh, luxury of having visuals, So, whereas, Mm -hmm. like, fiction itself, you have to use the words in order to paint the picture. Um, So, you know, that definitely helps. Uh, But I think one of the other things is, like, language. So, like, you know, for example, if in a certain world there is, like, a certain law or, you know what I mean? Like, or a certain way that people refer to things, um, you know, that tells you something, right? So, um, I mean, this isn't in this movie, but I'm just thinking about, like, one of the stories we read recently in our fiction class was um, a story that involved, you know, that's, you know, one of the characters is in this this future world, and they just go to, like, the juice shop, and they're just like, oh, I'm gonna buy blue, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's like, but you would, in our world, we would never go to a juice shop and be like, I'm getting blue, and, like, drinking, I'm gonna drink blue, you know, like, you're drinking, like, whatever it is, like, strawberry banana (laughs) <laughs> like, you know <laughs> matcha like i like whatever. how that's the that, that's the one that came to me <laughs> so or my my favorite was which would be like mint cacao uh <laughs> but like you know so um so that's like one thing is like language um and uh and then definitely little details like you know the novel i'm working on right now takes place in the 90s so i have to be really careful about okay how do i describe what names do I use for the technology? And like, I can't have people with cell phones, but I can have them with like a flip phone or I can have them with like, a like, beeper
0: or something. Yeah. yeah.
1: Beeper. Yeah. Yeah. Nextel or something maybe, <laughs> or, um, you know, uh, or even things like, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of what other sorts of uh, technology would be an issue. Um, you know, and also, yeah. So there's the, there's the vocabulary, there's the technology being used, um, and, then and then I of guess course, like the costumes, yeah, the know? costumes, but also like just
0: the, um, like the the dialogue between characters because a lot of the times the dialogue mm-hmm. reflects the time, right? Because there's like mm-hmm. certain things that somebody in like the '60s would say that we wouldn't say anymore now, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So it, and then if somebody like if your piece was set in the in the '50s, um. You know, like, it would kind of, like, it needs to, it needs to kind of mesh well, right, is what I would assume, uh, Assume mm-hmm. because if not, then your world kind of, like, unravels a little bit, and it's less yeah. believable.
1: Yeah, Um. the nice thing is that there can be that nice middle ground where uh, not everything has to be so crafted. And in a way, like, this movie occupies that yeah. middle ground, where mm-hmm. it's, like, it's got some of the 50s visuals, but then it's got, you know like skateboarding and then it's got drug dealer looking like he's you know in his track suit and you know and then you know with the i mm-hmm. mean honestly i think i think our vampire she was living in a basement she's in, <laughs> okay. she was in a basement all right. apartment okay, i'm she sure is. All right. and yeah, yeah i can believe and that so, like you know but basement apartments and mm-hmm. having posters all over them and having like you know like vinyl but you can tell that it's not like 50s vinyl you know you can tell that it's like vinyl that we'd have today yeah. it makes it very modern like Bianca you've got some vinyl
0: yeah it, Like reminded you know me it's because I'm a vampire action. so yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say it but <laughs> yeah she didn't her vinyl's really from the like 50s <laughs> like yeah. she didn't go to the store now she bought it like 50 years ago yeah like, I don't like
0: to buy ago. contemporary vinyl except for like I have a lot of like Manchester Orchestra and things like that but um, mm-hmm. Um what I was going to say though is that although you know we do have this like this world building, right? Um it almost also like feels very dreamlike also and I said that mm-hmm. a little bit earlier whenever I talked about that like black and white thing going on. Um but I think that's like one of the that's one of the advantages of film, right? Is that you can like like all film is world building like this this is unique this film is unique yes because it is creating a whole different type of world right um you know it's not like it's like oh yeah we know that's set in new york right mm-hmm. um it's not necessarily that but all film is in a sense world building right and character building and plot building um so i think i think in that way you know, film is, is still very dreamlike. Um, but this one, I don't know, like there's just something to it. I mean, especially like in those really great scenes that are kind of like interjections and they feel very like, like arty kind of thing. Like, or what is Mm -hmm. that? Arty? Is that a word? Art house. Art house. Yeah. With like that woman that kind of comes out in a couple scenes where Mm -hmm. there's, she comes out in the first scene and she watches, um, Arash, like, you know, walk down the the sidewalk or whatever, and she's just like watching him, and it's a very like close up shot of her face, and then we Is also she the one
1: with the really thin eyebrows,
0: exactly, because then we also okay. get that scene where she's like dancing randomly, like in an oh, alleyway yeah, so or something, true. yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know, this doesn't necessarily have any significant plot or any significance to the plot. But in some ways I'm like, okay, I can definitely see this happening in this world because like mm-hmm. the world has already established itself as
1: not of our world. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then like even getting to back to that like that sex tattoo on the drug dealer's. Getting, neck, back, to uh, getting <laughs> back, to, back to the sex. Getting back to back to that sex and the tattoos. Like he at one point there's a shot of a building mm-hmm. and there's like graffiti that just says sex and the graffiti. Right. And so like it almost makes you think like okay in this world is like sex being written out in handwriting like a thing. You know, mm-hmm. and weirdly like one time when like years ago when I went to Spain um in high school like the like I saw graffiti that said sex Sex style, I think, was what it said. Um, and so I don't know if this is, like, a thing in this world or if this is something that was picked up on from our world that was brought in. But um, I don't know. That was just, like, a really weird detail yeah. that I noticed. That didn't seem to mean anything beyond the world. You know, it didn't seem to mean, like, anything in the plot. but Because yes. what I'm
0: thinking, my first thought with that is that, um, you know, because we see sex first on um, the pimp's neck and then we see it mm-hmm. again like as graffiti, it's almost Mm -hmm. like, you know, these people that live in this city are also a reflection of the the foundation of the city itself.
1: Oh. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? Did
0: I do something Mm -hmm. again or what?
1: Again. We're on a roll. (laughs) I'm like It's because I had sour
0: punch straws before. (laughs) I should just have that as my thing so I can like get in the mood. Yeah, the punch. Sour- <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh again, like, just going back to world building, man. Like, you mm-hmm. know, Anna Lily's constantly bringing it back to, like, these characters. And, like, mm-hmm. it, their significance to, you know, the actual city itself, you know? Yeah. And she's using music a lot, too, with For that. For sure. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With that world building, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because at one point they're talking about, like, a Lionel Richie song. And, mm-hmm. like, one of the lines is... You know, wait, I have it written down. Uh, Uh, Oh, it's called Hello, Hello by Lionel Richie. So, kind of like, it reminded me of, you know, like in, um, if you've ever seen the movie Garden State, mm -hmm. where, have you seen that? And where, you know, the main character, you know, whatever her name is, um, I forget her name, but uh, the character like puts headphones on this one guy and she's like, listen to the song. And it's like the shins, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so in this case, she's like, have you ever heard the song? Hello. Hello. By Lionel Richie. Or maybe it's the guy Arash that says it. Um, but then at one point, one of the lines is, you know. Sad songs hit the spot, don't they? And, you know, like, I don't know. And that's just so modern. And, you know, yeah. they're using, like, modern, like, sort of techno type music as well throughout the movie. But then at one point, you know, talking about Lionel Richie and then Spaghetti Western music as well. Uh, yeah. So they're doing some really, I don't know, really interesting mixing. And then, again, that remixing of, like, the modern and old and yeah. bringing it together. bringing in the
0: reality to this world hmm yeah, yeah. This and i is think why we
1: liked that music too because we were like wow that's like something i could play at a party you know yeah exactly um.
0: <laughs> exactly and i think you know again like i don't know music is just like a it's of course music plays a big role in film in general mm-hmm. but i think in, in horror um and although this isn't sign- like predominantly horror if any i'm not too sure mm-hmm. um but Again, like, it's still, like, setting the tone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and especially when it comes to, you know, this interjection of this Lionel Richie and that line with, like, um, like, don't sad songs hit the spot. I think, like, that also just leads it back to the character. The vampire is yeah. probably extremely lonely. I mean, being a vampire yeah. is probably fucking lonely as fuck. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. And Harash is
0: lonely too. Like he wants yeah. something more for himself, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because all he's been doing is like saving money so that he can pay off his dad's debts, basically. Yeah. And, like, you know, one of the like that's not a life to live, you know. And capitalist in um, Yeah, capitalist. <laughs> 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 hello comrade (laughs) we are (laughs) we are communists here uh so yeah (laughs) my parents are not gonna like me saying that Uh, but uh yeah it's uh it's yeah it's very interesting and then also like yeah it's lonely being a vampire uh for sure so it's definitely playing into that i mean one of the things i was wondering Mm. i I wanted to kind of also talk about was um well actually sorry going back to the music the other thing that i noticed about like things like um art house movies is that yeah. usually they build themselves around the soundtrack the, music, the soundtrack and the yeah. music so like i'm thinking of the movie like a ghost story where it's like that one song um sure. i get overwhelmed by dark rooms i think is what mm-hmm. it's called um and if you, or if you've ever seen the movie drive uh it's about this one you know it pretty much ongoing the entire Film is like this one song called uh, "A Real Human Being," which is on my like s- my Spotify Your playlist that yes, you were talking yes. about, Bianca. Um, so like that's another that's probably so to me. Seeing how prominently the the music, uh, and good music at that was used in this film made me just be like, this is definitely squarely like in the art house arena, um, as well. But uh, but the other thing I wanted to talk about too was the just the use of vampires and like the myth of the vampire and again like i know this won't be the only time we talk about vampires (laughs) oh no you know uh years ago i did like some research into like the sort of evolution of our views of vampirism um and so like the you know i'm not gonna like go into a huge like lesson plan here but like (laughs) the biggest thing is that like back in the I think it was this eighteen hundreds. There was you know, the the concept of the vampire was uh very much like this idea of somebody that's basically a living corpse. So almost like more like a zombie. Like they're like vampires yeah. are gross, they smell bad. I mean it came they're- from
0: like voodooism, didn't it?
1: Oh really? Oh I didn't know yeah, about that. I, I was- think
0: it, it well, I'm thinking about white zombie uh-huh. Oh. Wait. No, never mind. Go ahead. I started thinking, thinking about, about zombies, zombies for some strange reason. Yeah,
1: so yeah, it's similar, but it's like, but vampires, you know, like the difference is that they drink blood, not right. Yes. But the biggest like example of like what the original vampire was supposed to be like was more like Nosferatu, right? Right. Where he's like really creepy, really ugly. Yeah. Right? So ugly that it like creeps you out just looking at him. Um, and then like sort of slowly over time. You get to like the first Dracula film where Bella Lugosi plays, uh, Dracula. Sexy. And he was like a good looking, yeah, like good looking actor where, you know, it, and he has a bit more of like a sec, you know, like a sexualized way about him. But then you hit like the counterculture of the sixties. And then that's when like sex and, and those sorts of themes like really picked up with, especially with things like vampirism. Um, you know, you get, interview with the vampire in the 70s by um Anne Rice mm-hmm. uh and those are like about these very sad almost very emo but very attractive like vampires who are just like you know living this like life in New Orleans and they're really like depressed and just trying to like right. get by um and then of course you get things like um, twilight twilight yeah <laughs> you Obviously, thought i wasn't gonna say it but i'm gonna like, say no, it yeah it's yeah yeah because <laughs> yeah, there's like, i have read those d- mm-hmm. like i did read them um uh, my friends yes. made me read them and i was like what are the kids reading these days all right i'll read them <laughs> um and they weren't that bad like they weren't as bad as i thought they'd be they're in not terms bad of, they're
0: not yeah. really that bad
1: yeah and um I'm <laughs> so yeah <laughs> um Anyway, but it's – actually, I found out that, like, certain people can have a skin condition where uh, their, like, skin forms crystals. Yeah, so that – actually, my boyfriend has that. Every once in a while, his skin sparkles, and it's because his, like – Skin has formed like a crystal.
0: What the fuck? It's up. fuck!
1: It's so weird. Cause you I kept fucking being like, Why are is there dating glitter dating Edward face? Cullen. <laughs> and I never knew about it. Uh, yeah. Well, now, you know, yeah. No, I mean, I definitely always had a Yeah. I definitely like the, the guys that need a hundred SPF sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, uh, it that, tracks. It tracks. Um, but yeah. So like, you know, you get like stuff like that. So then in movies like this, it's like, you know, I'd say that this vampire isn't overly sexualized no, as a female vampire, no. but she does fall in love and she does, you know, have a, this relationship. Or start of a relationship, and there is that fade to black. After all, yeah, the fade to black—you know, something (laughs) happened. Um, I knew something happened at least, but and uh, (laughs) my virgin mind did not. I guess virgin mind, yes, very virgin mind. Um, But then, like then, there's the I don't know. Like if you, if we should talk about the ending now, but then there's the aspect of you know like vampires like being so lonely like for so long um and then this sort of ends up having like a very seemingly uplifting ending at i don't know yeah my my perspective
0: but i think i think before i think before we get to that though because i think i think the conversation about um you know the the vampire and and the the how it is that you know concept is sexualized in some sort of way i think would be a really good interjection or Mm. you know a a lead into the discussion of of this like feminist lens that you know one could kind of um use in order you know to watch this film and in no way you know i do want to have a disclaimer that in no way am i saying that this that Anna Lily, you know, um wanted this to be a feminist film. You know, just because there's a a main the main character is a woman doesn't necessarily mean that this has to be seen in a feminist sort of way, but I don't know. I maybe it's just because I'm taking like a feminist class and I'm just like everything is feminism, everything is political. <laughs> um but I don't know like we do I, I think there was an interview that I saw of Anna Lily where she was asked like she was like, it was a very weird question. And, you know, the interviewer was like, okay, so there's a, there's a, you know, there's nakedness involved in this. um, And he was like, you know, that's not really a question, but I just want to hear your thoughts about it. And she was kind of like, yeah, there's, there's a nipple. Oh, right. Period. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that it's, that's the human body, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and because we get you know, and th- now these are, like, you know, what I'm getting from it is that, you know, we get this, like, vampire that is very much, I think, closed off from from feeling, right? Because maybe mm-hmm. she's now, like, kind of taught herself to protect herself. Um, and so whenever we di- do get... The, the vulnerability of being naked, whether that be, you know, in in a, in any sort of capacity with any sort of body. I think the vulnerability in that is, is incredibly intimate, you know, and not in a way that I'm talking about it as sexual, but just like intimate in that, like, you are with your body and like, um, and like with a person that's so lonely, I think any sort of intimacy is like, is be- gonna be craved, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, because I thought even the feminist line, i didn't think of it from that perspective too. Because I kept thinking of it more like her being sort of this female vigilante that's killing bad men. I mean that too, um, but but there is that, yeah, that this like sort of like being alone with your body, sort of feeling,
0: yeah, because um, that's all she up. has, right? I mean, she doesn't yeah, have anybody true. else.
1: Yeah, yeah. At least until she meets. Until Hirosh. she meets <laughs> and she—you can tell she's very, very uh, confused. Oh about yeah, what she's feeling. She's like, yes, puncture my earlobes. <laughs> oh, that was such a sexy scene. Honestly, right? My I was yeah, like, he gives oh her—he pierces the pain. Her ears for her. Yeah, yeah, the pain. At one point, she turns and like her, um, her fangs come out. Yeah, and, like, so She doesn't see that, but. Um. Yeah, that was uh, that was a really cool scene with. Yeah, the, I think so too. You know, because he bought her earrings, but her ears weren't pierced, and she's like, just pierce them for me. <laughs> yeah,
0: just do it. And then just you like get it. to lighter, and like I don't know, that was kind of hot to me too. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, yes, turn yeah. on that lighter. <sighs> mm-hmm. Do it slower. <laughs> 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 um. <laughs> oh my gosh! But. I don't know. I I'm a big fan of watching things through a feminist lens because I think that's always going to be important, but um but I think it's also just important to to just watch a film to watch a film. Um and then, you know, later on just kind of like get your own impression because I think one thing that you know, I I feel like now anna lily i just have such a deep appreciation of her and a deep admiration of her or for her and i think one thing that i've kind of like seen um is that she she has this like one thing that she told an interviewer um where she was like you know just because i give you something to look at doesn't mean i'm telling you what to see um Mm -hmm. and i think that's that is first of all like for her to have thought that on the spot like wow (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) i would have been like yeah i I gave you that to see so you saw it and then what (laughs) so you saw it what about it (laughs) yeah so she's not saying she's not like okay yeah see this thing and now i'm gonna tell you what i mean by it like she's like no like i'm gonna Mm -hmm. show you this thing take it for what it it is and then you Mm -hmm. kind of figure that out because i'm not going to tell you what to see kind of thing you know
1: yeah and that's Um, the best type of that's the best type of storytelling is the non-didactic storytelling like mm -hmm. that might have that doesn't have a clear agenda you know it it knows what it's doing It, it feels smart but it's not uh you know it's not like a biblical like Par- yeah. uh, parable, like, uh, you know, yeah. like, I think, like, we tend to really like things that are complex and don't just have, like, one way to view it. And, For sure. Um, you know, so that's really cool that her intention was to not have
0: yeah, because that exactly. people come away Because yeah. then we wouldn't have this podcast, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Mm-hmm. Like, we wouldn't be able to, to talk about things in all of the com- complex ways that we can see a film, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah that's true and I think also just like getting into the into the into the idea of this being an Iranian film also can be looked at in that sort of way too where it's like okay yes this this does happen to be an Iranian film but I think in in no way and you know and I'm kind of getting this from interviews um, that Annalily has been in is that, like, in no way is she saying, like, okay, Bad City is supposed to represent, like, Iran. Or is supposed mm-hmm. to represent, like, these characters are supposed to be Iranians and that's that's that. Like, no, they're supposed to, like, you know, I think she wants them to be universal. We're like, you know, you're gonna, like, you know, they're, it's not supposed to be one sort of thing. You know, it can mm-hmm. be multiple things.
1: Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with that. Like, I definitely didn't come away feeling like, oh, that's what it's like in Iran, you know? Yeah. That's also good to point out, though, that that's, like, you know, that that's not the intention of the film. It's not here to, like, represent one culture, you Mm -hmm. know?
0: Yeah, Um, because I think that also just, like, goes to show also the identity that Anna Lily and and also, like, Sheila Vance, who plays the girl, um, I think they, you know, they talk about this a lot too, where they're, they're both Iranian, right? Um, but, you know, they didn't, they didn't grow up there, right? Mm-hmm. And so, in a lot of ways, they are, they are this mixture, you know, for example, Anna Lily, right? Like, she's a mixture of her, her European, uh, um, you know, upbringing, but also a lot of like, you know, cause now she lives in California. And, um, and so she is not just an Iranian woman, you know what I mean? Like there, there's, there's complexities to identity and I think that's kind of what she always tends to get at with, with her, with her films is what I've kind of, um, you know, what I've gathered from, from her talking about her other films is that Mm -hmm. although, yes, they might be in Farsi or they might be, you know, um, characters that live in iran but they're not just like they're not they're not supposed to be like these like caricatures of these Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. you know
1: yeah no that's really cool i'm glad that you did that that research and looking at her interviews and stuff because it's always so fascinating to me to find out you know what a director or screenwriter or you know, any combination of that intense yeah. with a movie, um, even or not even intense, like just like what their inspiration was, like what they, you know, sort of like the opposite of like, not what they want people to take away from things, but what actually they don't want people to take away mm-hmm. from the, yeah. so the fact that she doesn't want people to take away that this is like only an Iranian film, like says, says a lot about where she's, she's coming from. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But uh, what about that ending, man? Oh my gosh, I don't,
0: I don't know what's <laughs> it? okay. He, I don't know. I, I mean, at first I was like, you know, because we get that like climax, we're like, okay, is is Arash going to like confront her about his dead dad? Like in in her possibly. I mean, we know she's the killer, but he doesn't know that for sure until he sees the cat, right? Um, and that I think there's somewhat of a fear that he has, a fear that like he'll lose her if he confronts mm-hmm. her. And just, I think, a fear of a very like just human fear of like, if I confront her, what if she kills me?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, You know,
0: which yeah. I'm not too sure it's that one, because I think he... I think he trusts her because he loves her, you know, or that might just be my hopeless romantic, but
1: (laughs) yeah, I mean, my view is that, that he sort of in that moment can make the choice to be a bad guy or a good guy, right? Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. like, if he chooses to avenge his father, by killing his girlfriend, or attempting to kill his girlfriend, who he, again, does not know is a vampire, so he could probably never kill her. True, um, true. Yeah, but uh in that case, it's like, if he tries to do that, he's a bad guy, and then she has every right to kill him, right? But if right. he doesn't, then she, you know, then he has to live with the fact that, you know, maybe the good thing was for his dad to die I guess or to, to be a you know his junkie dad who was ruining his life to die and so like it's I don't know like it's just uh I thought that that was a really like weird and interesting conundrum for him to yeah. just be sitting there and you can see him like realizing it and then you know they drive together and they're in a car and it and at the end he you know they've got the cat with them in the car, and yeah, I'm like, oh my so god, cute. is this cat going to die? Like I still was really yeah, worried. The it's- cat was like bread loafing or what? What yeah. do you call it? <laughs> oh, loafing, yeah, loafing. loafing in there the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, becoming a little loaf um, in the car, and uh, and you know, but then at one, they're driving on this like lonely road out of the city because they're trying to leave. Like that was the whole reason why why arash went to her apartment to begin with was to get her and be like let's leave you know um because this is right after he finds out his dad died and he's like i don't want to stay here anymore but uh but then she you know they stop in the middle of the night like on this lonely road and there's no one around and then he gets out of the car and is pacing and stuff and the vampire's just like watching him and you can sort of tell that she's she's not even really alarmed because she's like if he does anything, I got this, you know what I mean? But I don't but- even
0: think she knows what's happening because she doesn't yeah. know that that was his cat.
1: Yeah, she doesn't know about the cat. She do- And he doesn't even tell her that his dad died, I think. Yeah, so I think, he- I think, you know,
0: I mean, she doesn't even really show that she's confused as to, like, yeah. why he's contemplating something so intensely. But mm-hmm. I think she kind of understands that, like, something is up.
1: Yeah, right? yeah.
0: But, yeah, that's definitely, like, a pivotal moment where he, like, gets out of the car and he's, like, pacing. And, like, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, my God, what the fuck is he going to do?
1: Yeah. Is he going to try anything stupid? Like, Like, I was holding my breath. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that was really, like, the part that just got me, you know, like, it was a very slow, quote, unquote, like, slow movie. Right. You know, but that part just was, like, and it's, like, basically the ending scene, but that part was so intense um because you're like, don't do anything stupid. Yeah. Like don't do anything. Stupid, like you will guys. die if you yeah, try and Yeah, anything you were stupid. gonna die. Yeah. Um, but then they he just gets back in the car and drives away with her. Yeah. Uh so I think he maybe comes to terms with that idea that like I don't know, my perspective is that maybe he saw it for the better. Um yeah, I and think doesn't so too. have any real proof either that right. she killed her the dad like the dad could have been out on the street and the cat could have just like ran away and then she picks up the cat you yeah, know um, yeah yeah there's no talk. They they should communicate as a couple. They should communicate a lot more than they. Uh, they, really they, <laughs> they really should. They really really should. There's a There's lot of assuming going on with the between lots them. of assuming.
0: <laughs> lots of like you know ear piercing, not enough mm-hmm. talking. You know <laughs> what I mean. Uh, <laughs> too much but sex fades to black. Yeah, sex, but- <laughs> too much fade to blacks for me. I don't know. Um, but no, I think I think you know I don't want to. I don't want to be insensitive to, like, simplify it like this. But in a lot of ways, it's just, like, he chucks it up to loss. He's just like, all right. Like, I I wanted to leave anyways. I had already, like, gotten into a fight with my dad. I already told him, you know. I Like, I think he's already lost his dad even way before he actually lost his dad.
1: That's a good point. As it is with most drug uh addicted family members is right i have i had a a cousin who passed away like a few months ago from a drug Mm. addiction but even in the um the things that his that my other cousins so his siblings were talking about they were like you know we really did lose him like 15 years ago yeah they had never they never they rarely talked to him like never saw him yeah i think like he just
0: I, at that point, I think he already knew, like he just didn't have a dad anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in a, in a lot of ways he was already like he he was already he already came to terms with it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he was like, might as well create this life for myself with somebody that I love, um, mm-hmm. and leave, you know, period. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm.
1: and per- yeah, leave, and I and, I don't know yeah. what their life will be like. Excuse me, outside of. Yeah, but Outside I think it'll death, be happy. Obviously. Yeah.
0: You know, if they just communicated a little bit more.
1: Yeah. <laughs> maybe they'll yeah. Or um, ooh, maybe she I, Oh god. Yeah. Were
0: you were you going to say that maybe she turns him into a vampire? Literally that's exactly what I was literally?
1: Saying. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> were you going to say that? Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> that's the happy ending. You got to take it from Twilight. That's how you got to do things. I like, mean, honestly,
0: I think, I think it was kind of, like, foreshadowed in his costume for me.
1: Mm. Um, oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And – but then – and, you know, in every – Everything that we saw in the film, you know, the fact that it, it it's very, like, it's a very classic vampire thing where, like, you know, she puts on her makeup without a mirror because, like, she can't look at herself in a mirror. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, because she's yeah. just, like, there sitting and she's, like, doing her makeup without a mirror. So, mm. it's, like, very, like, those cl- – it's very classical. You know, she, she only comes out at night. So, I would assume that the turning – is is also very cl- traditional and classical mm-hmm. in that way so mm-hmm. like all it would take is is a bite and it, it, he would turn
1: yeah yeah so. but then i have like an even sadder thing because oh, like i've no read, uh, you tarps. always got to bring the sad I'm man so sorry. you know I'm emo <laughs> at heart uh very but like sad boys <laughs> skater boy. Sad boys, skater boys <laughs> i heart sad boys <laughs> um but yeah so like i read uh a while back i read um karen one of karen russell's short stories which is um called vampires in the lemon grove and that's about two vampires who spend Ooh. centuries together in their like re- you know relationship like living in a lemon grove trying that's to hot. like not really kill people but they're like oh they're like i think i don't know if they like become Old or if they were turned when they were old, but they're like a, almost like an elderly couple that are like Aww. vampires. But eventually, they're like sick of each other, and they like don't want us to. They're like, you know, I've spent like ten thousand years or whatever it was, a thousand years mean, with you. That's and true. Yeah. Eventually, they're just like, let's do something else. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's know? a really so, good point. Mm-hmm. So maybe that that is. Maybe they're, they do that eventually. Who knows? Uh, but my, my hope is that, like, you were saying before that, like, you know, one of the things, like, for a vampire to, like, spend their time, what do they spend their time doing? And then, like, in this movie is like, she's listening to music all the time. And, like, in other movies or other things, you know, they're reading books or, you know, they become, like, very worldly and very, you know, uh, mm-hmm. like, I think, I'm thinking in interview with the vampire, like, I feel like they become, like, almost like, literary scholars in a way because yeah. they just can read every book and like that's my that's what i would do if i could live forever uh i would like want to live forever just so i could like see like all the books and art that evolves in this world yeah or like you know in in, in twilight's
0: world where they don't even sleep at all
1: oh yeah so like mm-hmm. during
0: and also they yeah so the, and they cannot go at it in the daytime, I mean of course They'll sparkle, but that's why they live in Forks <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Let me, this turn into like started. a Twilight podcast Yeah <laughs> um, But yeah, and so because You know, they can't, they don't sleep Now they have like all of These hours to just do Whatever they want, and to mm-hmm. Learn whatever they want um, And I, so I definitely agree with you that Like if I, you know ever, And if, you know, if we have any vampire listeners Out there Yeah I'm ready. Come, come and get me. <laughs> DM us and um, and uh, we'll work something out. No, <laughs>
1: what if we get? If we really get it, I'll actually be scared. So, <laughs> actually, yeah, wait, I want to take it well, back. We actually might not answer you. If you, if
0: you I might think you're weird, actually. <laughs> Please don't come for me. Um, yeah. In theory, though, I think being a vampire, at least for a couple centuries, would be okay. Um, yeah. And then maybe the existential dread would kick in, but like, whatever, mm. it already has. So like, why not just yeah. make it official?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh my God, it's there
0: night. <laughs> I am there. Yeah. Um, But, but yeah, d- is there anything else that we want to add in or anything that we want to leave our listeners with?
1: Uh, I mean, I think that's everything for me. I think that, uh, if you're somebody though, who really likes, you know, who really likes quiet horror, like I do, mm-hmm.
0: um, no jump scares,
1: no jump scares. And I, and also if you are into like unique, sort of unique takes on va- on a vampire, even though it's this t- vampire is traditionally a vampire, you know, um, I think it it still is a very unique story. And so, um, you know, if you're into that sort of stuff, definitely rent it or buy it or anything. And, and you'll uh, I think you'll be pretty happy with it. Um, and it's sure. one yeah, that you can, you know, you can even like I feel like, uh, you know, it's not really gory, you know, besides the body thing. Yeah. Too,
0: so. And because it's in black and white, too, yeah. like
1: <laughs> it's black and white.
0: So the blood isn't even, like, blood, really. It's just, like, black goo.
1: Yeah, exactly. Black goo and everything. Clearly the sex goes over some people's heads. (laughs) Clearly. Watch it with kids in the room and they won't get it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I am child. That is why.
1: (laughs) But, yo, Bianca, do you have anything else you want to say?
0: No, yeah. I I think that perfectly sums it up. I think, you know... I don't know. This is just I think this is definitely one of those films that like at first doesn't feel like it's going to hit you hard, right? Mm-hmm. Um because like there's not a lot of talking. There's not a lot of dialogue, you know, and um but I think after you watch it, it's just one of those movies that like you think about it for days after. You know. Mm-hmm. So so if that's your if that's your niche, that's your like kink. <laughs> <laughs> um, then like I say, go for this, you know, and, and if you don't mind, you know, just listening to a, a probably like an hour and a half worth of spoilers, just go for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, because although we, you know, we did kind of share some spoilers that in no way will harm the way you view this film. Like there is just so much more that can be said. Um, but I think we got to, at least some of the meat of it.
1: Yeah, definitely. For sure. The meat, the blood. The blood, the the bone (laughs) marrow. (laughs) The bone marrow of it. Yeah. Uh, Um, And then for next time, we are going to talk about found footage.
0: Yes. uh, Particularly
1: the Blair Witch Project, which Bianca, I think that's one of your favorites.
0: One of my, yeah, I don't know. I have so many favorites now at this point, Um, but definitely one of my favorites growing up just because I have a fascination with witches um, and zombies but mm. you know witches um, and I always thought that I was a witch whenever I was smaller <laughs> and I always wanted to be a witch um, yeah. but so if any witches want to come into my DMs no, yeah. <laughs> witches or vampires the, and I the will the answer question. that one <laughs> 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 um, just don't talk to me about sacrificing because that's weird um no. <laughs> Um, But, yeah, I'm excited for for our episode about Blair Witch and found footage. I think found footage is an interesting way to shoot a film because it feels so real. Um, And, you know, we'll talk about all of that good stuff in our episode for
1: sure. Yeah. Next time. Next time. I guess we should say say our goodbye. Uh, We don't have Hot Cheetos lately. We've just been busy. So busy.
0: Uh, I have but- I have Cheeto Puffs that are cheesy, but um, mm, but not. But that, mm-hmm. And I wanted to be honest to our viewers. I could have said like, oh yeah, I'm eating hot Cheetos, crunch crunch, <laughs> but they're not hot Cheetos, so I won't do that to you all. <laughs> yeah,
1: we'll we'll be restocked next time for sure, for sure.
0: <laughs> all right, thank you for listening to this episode of Basement Girls. One, two, three.
1: three. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>